stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, do you love books? If you do, and if you've uh, maybe even thought of writing one or two, this show is for you. And even if, if you haven't thought of what it would be like to be an author, um, but you love books or you love stories of survival, um, this, <laughs> this, this show is for you, too, because um, I have my guest today is Tracy Ertle. She's the publisher of Titletown Books, and today's show is called Publisher's Page-Turning Story, What I Do for Love. And, of course, Tracy certainly does do this for love, um, because <laughs> it, publishing has gotten to be a little more challenging in recent years. Borders, bookstores, closed, uh, e-books are threatening to take over the world, and um, there are, thank goodness, people still left, like Tracy, who um, recognize how real books, books that you hold in your hand, <laughs> are a valuable commodity that should not be lost. And, of course, myself as an author, I dread that day. I mean, I, I dread the encroaching e-books. And, I mean, I know it's wonderful. My books are, it's, well, at least one of them is in e-book form as well. But um, but I, I really prefer um, to hold books in my hand. I think kids still really prefer to hold books in their hand, whether it's um, picture books or chapter <laughs> books. There's just nothing that uh, can replace that feeling. I'm sure you've all experienced that as a child, uh, being out under a tree or sitting snuggled up in your bed with a nice book. There is just nothing like it, and that memory um, needs to be cherished and continued. And fortunately, there are, since Tracy and I were both at the, this year's uh, BEA Book Expo America, uh, fortunately there are a lot of other publishers that still <laughs> appreciate that as well. But Tracy is special because, um, yes, she has a staff, but she is essentially a one-woman dynamo who has kept her publishing company alive uh, through all these challenges. And today we're going to be hearing her page-turning story as well as some of the books that she has published, some of the stories uh, that she's published in the past and that she has coming up in the future. So, Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Carol. Um, <clears throat> bravo to you, because I, I completely agree with you that there is nothing like actually uh, holding a book, although I do like e-books, too. They make up a, a large percentage of my sales right now. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <Oops. laughs> bravo, to, bravo to both, um, reading in general, because 
I think um, what a book can still do today, it, it was true when I was eight years old, and it's still true now. A book can give us hope, and a book can lift us. It can bring us to adventure. It can give uh, knowledge. It can bring us to places that maybe we've never even dreamed of going and then um, maybe set the stage for us actually going there because we read about it. So books are are very personal for me, and I think that is what um, truly gave uh, life to my chase of, of my publishing company. When I was a little girl, um, books were what I had. I grew up in a home where um, there was not significant income. There weren't a lot of toys. There weren't a lot of things. Um, but there were books. I would go to garage sales and get books. And, um, of course, libraries were very popular at that time. And I always um, had a book, and I was um, a very hungry um, reader. And those those books really um, were, were something for me to hold and enjoy. Um, and they allowed my mind um, to go into different directions and different places and be with different people during some very dark times. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about that with, <clears throat> with my childhood. Um, I am a, a child abuse survivor, and um, books were really it for me, books and movies. I read during the week. Um, I always hid with a book whenever I could. And then on Saturdays, my mom, I have one younger brother, my mom would drop my brother and I off at the movie theater and for three or four hours, um, we would be at the movie theater. We usually tried to see a double feature because that was our, our respite away from really a dark home life. And so between the books and the films and the stories and the people, I really think that it kept my, my heart alive as a child, and it kept my mind growing. Um, and I'm, I'm now a publisher, and I give life to those same stories. Yes, you particularly uh, choose those kinds of stories. Um, I'm drawn to them. I'm completely drawn to them. Um, you know, yes, I, I mean, certainly I can remember uh, sitting under trees and snuggled in my bed with all kinds of books. And, uh, in fact, it was a book that I read when I was eight years old. It was about a woman who um, founded the first uh, medical clinic in America that drew, drew me into medicine and then a book that I read, the Freud's Interpretation of Dreams, that I read as a teenager that drew me into psychiatry. So, um, and then, of course, I remember going into the library in school and, and uh, deciding that I was going to start with the A's and get to the Z's. So I read a lot of Jane Austen. <laughs> 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 Didn't get too far into the Z's. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, and yes, of course, of course there are times when e-books, when, you know, are serve their purpose as well, but, but it's just that, uh, you know, I, I, kids really need to, be, to spend more time. Uh, parents need to make sure that they have uh, a, a whole lot of books for their children to read and encourage them to read rather than doing things like video games. So take us from your childhood to um, now being the publisher. What, I mean, also, Tracy is also a, uh, has had a 20-year career as a 911 operator, which is, like, amazing. Um, because she's a supervisor. She's also the director of professional development 
for Brown County Public Safety Communications 911 Center in Green Bay, Wisconsin. She, I mean, imagine doing this for 20 years, being on the phone with, with people in these kinds of situations. Um, I mean, that, of course, goes hand in hand with the kinds of stories that you publish. So t- take us from childhood to there. I think um, 911 books and Titletown Publishing are all intertwined. So as a child, I read um, to really escape from my home life and to gain hope and and vision and some sense of um, what the world looks like outside of the home in a normal sense. And um, but as a child, we weren't we weren't taught to call 911. you know, 40 years ago. 40 years ago, 911 existed in some places, but not in all places. So mm-hmm. that idea of being able to reach out and, um, and ask for help just wasn't there. And, and the culture of our society was different. Family secrets were held, and um, you weren't necessarily encouraged to tell about what was happening um, mm-hmm. at home. So I read books to escape and uh, to find hope and to keep my mind um, and really my spirit and my soul uh, growing. But I never called 911, and um, that was a regret um, as I grew up and then when I became an adult and, and realized that it was okay to ask for help. It truly was a regret that that, that had never happened, and I found myself uh, working in a 911 center, taking the very calls that I had wished that I had been mm-hmm. able to make as a child, um, but feeling um, very hopeful that I would be able to be on the other end of the phone when somebody had the courage and the ability to make that call, a survivor, and to be able to help them. <clears throat> but I never forgot um, books and I went to college um, really to become a trained writer and then fell in love with 911 and took a a 20-year detour uh, into 911, which has brought me face-to-face with survivors every single day and every single night. But I never forgot the books and never forgot the writing. And a dear um, police officer friend of mine came to me um, wanting to solve a cold case. And um, those were the years in the early uh, 2000s when cold cases were all the rage. And we did. We solved uh, a bank robbery that was 70 years old and hmm. wrote a book about it together and uh, chased the publishing experience. But I found, I found New York to be cold, and I found um, the publishing experience not to be inviting or... Um, cooperative, and I decided um, to start Titletown. Um, really, I decided to start it in 2006, but we opened our doors in 2008 to try to give a place um, for survivors to come, authors, um, where they would have full accessibility to the publisher and where it would be an inviting and fun experience, but still competitive. And But it was scary. We opened our doors um, during the year when 25% of publishers um, had gone out of business hmm. and, and everyone um, said to turn back that it, um, that it was crazy, um, but we didn't. Um, Title Town um, forged forward in 2008, and um, I'm really humbly proud to share with you that um, really a, a week after our five-year anniversary, we hit the New York Times bestseller list with our first um, best-selling um, survivor, Katie Beers, and uh, Carolyn Gussoff with uh, Buried Memories, which stayed on the, the New York Times bestseller list for three weeks. So 
that has been our journey, and I'm still doing 911 um, because it really puts me face-to-face um, still with survivors, and now I'm training and leading the new generation of 911 dispatchers, telecommunicators, um, so that when I part um, to enjoy my publishing full-time, there's a whole new generation ready to go and ready to take those calls. Um, and, and here we are. I just celebrated my fourth uh, Book Expo America experience, and you and I got to see each other there, and it was so fun to see you there and for you to be able to see all of the books that we have coming. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, isn't I, there was another, um, wasn't Alone also a bestseller? It was. Alone, um, we started our company in 2008, and we um, acquired acquired our survivor, um, Terry um, Deprel, in 2009. And we came out with her story, Alone, Orphans on the Ocean, in 2010 as a, a total newcomer to the, to the publishing scene. And she was a Barnes & Noble bestseller, second only behind uh, Laura Bush's memoir when it huh. came out. So we were, we were really proud um, of her story, but... Um, it was far beyond the book or the numbers or being or being a bestseller, being competitive. It was about bringing this woman's story forward. She had waited 50 years um, to tell the world what had happened to her. She um, was abandoned out in the middle of the ocean, um, left an orphan. Her whole family was murdered at sea. Yes. And she had to survive, if you recall, for four days uh, out in the middle of the ocean. She was on the cover of Life magazine, but... Um, she had never uh, told her story in the public realm, not to the extent of a book, and certainly had never entrusted her story as a survivor. Um, but her and I um, connected. She realized I was a survivor and that I was a very good publisher and a good writer and editor, and she entrusted that amazing story. And that was really um, our first major our first major launch. Yeah. And then, um, Yes. We had many survivors in between, but... Wait, Tracy, um, let me... I need to interrupt yes. you. Please. We need to survive the first break. <laughs> and then we will be coming back. Um, we need to take a break. My guest is Tracy Ertle. She is the publisher of Titletown Books. Uh, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. 
If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about publishers, a publisher's page-turning story. The publisher we're talking to is Tracy Ertl. She is the publisher of Titletown Books, and her story is What I Do for Love. And um, we were just talking about some of the books. Well, first of all, we were talking about Tracy's um, uh, Tracy's story, um, which, of course, <laughs> should make and is going to make a book in its own right um, down the pike. But um, she, Tridletown has had New York Times bestsellers. There, you'll be hearing about some new books that are coming out that are destined for that as well. Um, and there, I, I was realizing uh, that there are two books that um at least two that I can think of of Tracy's of Title Towns that um I had Tracy on the show for in the past. So after you finish listening to this edition of Dr. Carol's Couch, you can go through the archives and find the other ones. Um which we had a, a show on the book Alone that Tracy was just talking about, um, with the co author Richard Logan and Tracy and then um the book Missing Missing Without a Trace the book that uh, I did the foreword to and Tracy wrote along with um, the couple whose story it was, and, and you can tell them about that as well. So those two are in the archives. Um, so, so, so how has it been? You know, so there you were, um, I guess, and there you are. <laughs> Wait, you're, you're planning soon to, uh, to leave 911 from what you just said, I take it. Well, I am really within, um, I'm in my 21st year, and I'm very proud of the career that I've had with 911 and the people that I've helped, the um, the emergency service workers that I've helped to ensure get home to their families. It's been, um, it's been an amazing journey, um, but I really am, um, I am a publisher and a writer, and um, it's, it's all-consuming uh, at, at this point, so... I'm working a, a tremendous number of hours between um, the publishing company and my 911. I really chase my publishing company full time. Um, we're kind of we've entered a new chapter, so to speak, with Titletown Publishing. I have um, an amazing new mentor on board, um, publishing uh, mogul Eric Campman, who's the CEO of Midpoint Trade Books and uh, Beaufort Books, and. Uh, he's recognized our talent and um, tenacity, and he's already a huge success um, in his own right. And he's really um, started to mentor me and to mentor our company so that uh, we can continue to find our, our rightful place within publishing. So, yes, it's been extremely busy and exciting. And, um, you know, if I, I couldn't really put a, a number on it, but I would say that my years in 911 are, are probably in the single digits uh-huh. <laughs> at, at this point, and um, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens over the next year, but I feel, um, I feel very happy about what I've created at our communication center, our 911 center. We, we, hire, uh, we handle a 700-square-mile area, and we have a staff of, of 70 people, so that's a legacy, and hopefully, um, hopefully I've inspired them and I've given them a sense of love for survivors, daily survivors, people who um, have to survive unbelievable trauma and then move on and, and look for that 
that bright spot and look for that, look for that hope. And um, they're always, they always cheer me when the new books come out. They're always excited to see. And it's pretty fun um, to walk into the center and to look at the different consoles where people are working. And then in between, you know, seeing different Titletown books laying uh, beside, beside those 911 uh, telecommunicators, it's, it's an incredible feeling. So you mean they're um, you know, getting inspiration from the inspirational yeah, stories that you've from published? From the stories. Mm-hmm. It's far beyond me. It's not even about me. It's about, it's about the survivors and the stories and giving them voice. These are people oftentimes who don't have deep uh, resources. They've had a lot of trauma in their life, and um, the publishing world um, can be rather daunting. And we're a publishing boutique, so we take just a limited number of stories or books per year, and we do our very best with them and bring them to the world. And um, I think we found our, our own niche, our, um, our home for very special authors. We, um, we love survival stories, um, high-profile memoirs. I, um, I love media-intense stories. Um, you know, people who have made it against, you know, all odds. Carlos Slim, um, the richest man in the world, is, um, is one of our new books. Um, we have his first ever authorized autobiography. Um, Carlos Slim um, is already a multi-billionaire, so um, a huge advance is not of importance to him. What's important to him is that his story is done right and that it, um, that it gets out to people and that there's participation in the process, and we were able to, to give that to the Carlos Slim story and, and really present him to the world so that they can better understand him. You know, how did he get to the place of, of where he is? Um, he's really quite extraordinary, um, but his approach is rather ordinary in that family is a center for him. Um, he's married, um, he's raised a beautiful family, and every week um, they still all gather. It's a requirement for the adult children to show up to have dinner with, with mom and dad. And those are the kinds of, of details that we like to bring to people out in the public, you know, through our books, very personal books. Well, now, that, that's definitely going to be a bestseller um, because everybody wants to know, especially these days, how did he do it and exactly. you know, how does he operate. And we've given just a glimpse of that. There certainly will be more books uh, on him, and, and hopefully Titletown will be involved with those books. This is just kind of a, a prelude, um, sort of a surface skim, um, but we get a little bit below the surface, and um, people will definitely be wanting more. I, you know, I want more um, to know more about Carlos Slim, but, um, you know, it, it takes time. But he's just one example of, of what we've evolved um, into over the last uh, five years. So we do um, very well-known people and then um, people who aren't well-known but should be well-known because of the courage that they've shown. Well, now that, how, did you um, seek, I mean, that must have been very difficult for him to approve of someone um, writing his story. I mean, he, you know, he must protect his, his image and his story really carefully. So how did you manage to land him? Or, the, that's or a his whole biographer. story, Carol. <laughs> that's, that's a whole. That, that is a whole other story that uh, that I be, I believe my publicist will be will be helping me tell. But he is, um, you know, he is just, you know, he's another fascinating example of publishing has evolved. The game has changed. 
Um, there has never been a better time for publishing boutiques or um, those with a very unique um, configuration um, idea on publishing to emerge and be and rally and be extremely successful. Um, Midpoint Trade Books, Beaufort Books are examples of two companies um, that are really cutting edge and looking at publishing from a different standpoint, not from the standpoint um, of the dinosaurs that we've looked at um, in the past. And mm-hmm. we're there. Um, we've arrived and, um, and we're coming. Here we go. Um, so, you know, Title Town, we're, we're in a good place right now. We've been able to carve out our niche and, um, and, and be able to bring stories forth in a very personal way. And, again, the game has changed. The pipeline is different as far as being able to get books to market. The, the old gate, gatekeepers are not, um, not in the same place anymore. Um, the, the gate has, has opened. Hmm. And we, um, contrary to what people thought in 2008 when we when we started, they thought that we would have no chance. I'm in um, I'm located in Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, as you know, not the not the publishing mecca of the world. And uh, people truly felt that it would be uh, challenging, and it has been challenging, but certainly not impossible. And um, companies like Title Town, Beaufort Books. Um, and many others um, we've been able to establish um, by being unique in our approach mm-hmm. and being personal in that approach. So what about, uh, tell us about, now when is that going that book coming out, the Carlos Slim? Um, we are in the process of re- releasing Carlos Slim right now. Um, we actually do have, we do have books printed, um, but we're in the process of our uh, distribution strategy um, with our with our sales partners, um, so you'll start to see you'll start to see Carlos Slim um, on the shelves in the next four to six weeks. It's available right now. You can certainly uh, order it online at BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com. Any any uh, major seller uh, would be able to um, sell it um, in that way. But as far as being in displays and on bookshelves, you'll start to see it emerge over the next four to six weeks and. Um, we're really, we're really excited about it. Okay, yeah, that sounds great. And what yeah. about? I know there are some other. Well, you're excited about all your books, but but there are some I that am. you wanted to talk about. There's one, uh, another survival story. Breathe for me, Breathe surviving for me. the Antelope Canyon tragedy. What is that yes. about? Um, that is a story. It's a sur- it's a survivor that came to me. His name is Pancho Quintana, and back in 1997, he survived. Um, a freak flood in the Antelope Canyon. Many, um, many of your listeners, if they're avid um, hikers or, or adventurous, they'll be familiar with the Antelope Canyon. It's absolutely stunning. It's, um, it's named one of the top ten most beautiful canyons in the world. Where is it? Um, it is between Arizona, Arizona and Utah. It uh-huh. actually is between both states, and it is, um, it is absolutely gorgeous. And Pancho Quintana was a young, um, basically a tour guide at that time, but very specialized tour guide in that um, he specialized in canyons. And he was leading um, an amazing group of people, 11 people, um, through the canyon. And then this freak flood um, swelled up out of nowhere. I mean, one minute it's a bright, sunny day, um, and then he starts to hear 
off in the distance the rush of, of water coming. Mm. And um, and realizes um, what could conceivably be happening. I mean, it's everybody's worst nightmare. And in the end, he finds himself being the lone the lone survivor of that oh, wow. of that tragedy. Yes, and um, he was um, a young man at that time. And I I think for him, and you read of the vulnerability of him in the book. Um, but I think for him the most difficult question for him to answer was why he was why he was left behind why was he the sole survivor and what was he supposed to accomplish with his life and so i'm very excited about breathe for me um it's releasing in uh september i'm especially excited about it um because it's a male survivor voice he speaks um, very, very personally um, about his survival of that freak flood, um, but then also of his survival of his own survival. Um, you could probably explain that more to us um, than even I can with your background, but um, he spent many years uh, suffering with uh, survivor's guilt. Um, and then it leads us back full circle um, to his own childhood. He was abused as a child and neglected, and so in the course of Breathe For Me, he really comes to terms with his beginning, um, his middle, the middle years, and now um, his new vision for the future. And I'm really excited to present him to the world. He's an extraordinary survivor, and he's an absolutely extraordinary survivor. Yes. Um, and it's interesting that you make the point that uh, that he's a male survivor. It's true. When I think about some of the books that you've published, and in general, we hear a lot about female survivors, but less about male survivors. Well, we need to um, survive the next break. Um, my guest is Tracy Ertle. Her publishing company is Titletown Books. I love that name, by the way, Titletown. Um, we're talking about uh, her page-turning story, What I Do for Love, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into Around the World in a Glass, presented by Sportsman's. We're a show all about wine, spirits, and other beverages. Your host, Kimber Stonehouse, is a professional expert and wine enthusiast. Each week, we'll focus on a different region of the world, discuss wines and other beverages, talk about some of the top restaurants in the region, and what to pair with which wine. Just listening could make you almost an expert. Around the World in a Glass is heard live every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, here with Tracy Ertle, the publisher of Titletown Books. Um, Tracy has said she describes the books that she publishes as, quote, either... Uh, they either expose our vulnerabilities as humans, satisfy our curious nature, or inspire us to dig in. And those, that's a great uh, uh, description of what her books, um, the categories that her books fit into. Because, um, you know, they're not just little, you know, not just little uh, uh, entertainment kinds of things. They're really, they really have messages, and they're really deeper. Um, what about, let, let's talk about another book that I know you have coming out soon, um, Invisible Killer, the Charles Brandt serial killer story. When is that coming out and what is it about? Invisible Killer uh, will release in September and we have... September is a big a month here. <laughs> yes, it is. September is a huge month for us this year. September and November are our are, um, are big months um, uh-huh. this year. It's going to be very exciting. But Invisible Killer is written by a very seasoned, co-written by a very seasoned um, New York Times best-selling author by the name of Diana Diana uh, Montaigne, and it's a very unique approach to true crime because you have this seasoned, um, this extremely seasoned serial killer um, author. And I consider them, when I think about the duo, the writing duo, I look at them as winter and spring because she's extremely seasoned. And then we have a newcomer that Titletown has discovered by the name of Sean Robbins. He's in um, Daytona Beach, Florida, and he's an incredible talent. You will hear his name again um, probably quite often. And so we really, we combine the two of them, Diana Montaigne and Sean Robbins, to, to work on Invisible Killer, which is a story of Charles Brandt, a serial killer um, in Florida who took several people. But really what makes the story unique, we, Titletown has always done true crime. We started with true crime because of my background with the Sheriff's Department and Police Department. I really have an understanding of true crime that's unique compared to a lot of other publishers. But what we've done with Invisible Killer is we, we have the foreword written by Mark Safrick, who is the star of the show Killer Instincts. He is a retired um, FBI profiler. And so he really sets up the stage for the fact that serial killers live among us. Um, you never quite know um, who your next door neighbor is, you know, who's across the street, because um, serial killers are out there. And that's their MO, um, is to stay hidden. And oftentimes, they present themselves as quite ordinary people. It's behind closed doors that um, the serial killer components start to emerge. So it has a wonderful foreword written by Mark. Um, the writing is exquisite, but it's, it's far deeper than that. We have the true crime story of Charles Brandt, but then two of the, two of the women that he murdered were writing their own personal memoirs at the time um, that that he murdered them. 
and we were able to uh, work with the families. The families um, of all the victims have been um, amazing to us, amazing to our authors, and amazing to Titletown. And they provided parts of those personally written um, memoir pages to our authors. And so you have a true crime story, but you feel like it's not all about the killer this time. You feel like um, the victims, the women that, that he took in the process of his crimes, are speaking to you as well, the reader. It is an absolutely am- fascinating read. Yes, that's amazing. Now, how many people did he kill altogether? Um, I would have to double check. As you can I mean, imagine, about, about. all of the stories sort of run together um, yes. for me. I believe he took five. Okay, so and how we was have it? the words of two. How was it? I mean, did these two women know each other? How was it? Is that a coincidence that these two women were in the process of writing their memoirs that had nothing to do, obviously, with the fact that they were going to be killed? How did that happen? These, um, the two women that we're referring to, they did know each other, which is very unusual when you look at serial killers. Usually the victims don't know each other, but in this case, two of the victims did know each other. And um, it was just by pure chance that they happened to be writing about their lives. But what we found, and what I'm finding as a publisher, is that it's become very in style um, to write a book about yourself, to write a book about your life, whether right. it has value in the market is another thing. But many people, um, there are clubs popping up all over the place, and um, memoir writing classes are becoming more and more right. popular and more available. And so it's just by chance that they happen to be writing um, about their lives, and then unfortunately disaster struck, and um, this they know you know, the awful ki- man took them. Did they know the killer? Did they know Charles Brandt? They did. They did know him, um, which, again, exposes our vulnerabilities. When, oftentimes when people think of a killer, they think of it as being someone that, a stranger, someone um, that does not know them. But oftentimes when people are murdered, it is someone that they do know, that they have some contact with. Um, and that's why... Invisible Killer really exposes that vulnerability, and it, it's, it's not just a story, uh, not just a true crime story for people to read just for that, for that purpose, although certainly for true crime readers, um, they will like the story, they will like to read it, but beyond that, um, it, really, it really makes you think about the possibilities of crime out there and, and gives some instruction on how to protect yourself as far as answering questions and going with your own tuition and going with your gut. When, when things don't feel right, usually they aren't right. And we often are a society of denial. Um, so I can't wait for people to read it and to get reaction. We've had some great early reaction um, from people um, as far as uh, collecting reviews. I think it will be a book that, that you will see everywhere. And um, I can't wait for you to look at it yourself, Carol, because it's very, it's very psychological. It's true crime and psychology sort of crashing together, and it's, it's a great read. Well, yes. I mean, the idea of having these memoirs from the women who became victims and them, all of them knowing each other, it just, uh, I mean, because you, you would love to know. It's true that victims of serial killers become uh, nameless and faceless, you know, and, and we don't really know enough about uh, 
what their aspirations were and what their lives were and all that, and for them to have cooperated <laughs> with you <laughs> unknowingly yeah. and to have um, written the started to write their own memoirs, you know, unfinished memoirs. I mean, it's really, uh, really adds a whole other layer to the book. Well, what I say always with Title Town is, we want to give voice to survivors, but we also want to give voice to people who can no longer speak for themselves. I always said that in the beginning when we did our true crime because oftentimes we, were, we published books about people who were already gone from us. They were true crime books, but it was a chance for people to know them so that they're not nameless, so, mm-hmm. that, um, so that there is some kind of legacy. And so I am particularly, this book is near and dear to my publisher heart because I think we've done it really well. You definitely get the profile of the killer. You learn through um, Mark's, you know, profiling and through his writing. Um, and then you also, you also get to know um, some of the women that, that he took. And I think that's been um, somewhat healing for the families, for them to be involved in that process and to have the trust to allow us to be able to present their dear family members um, so that that legacy is not, it's, it's not completely dead, that, that they are still with us, at least in, in some form. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, isn't that going to be difficult bringing out three, I mean, essentially you have Carlos Slim, Breathe for Me, and Invisible Killer all coming out in September. Um, it will be difficult, but um, <laughs> again, we have an amazing um, new partner in Beaufort Books, um, it will definitely be challenging, but we're certainly we're certainly up to that challenge. I mean, we're ready. You know, we've been ready for a long time, and now um, we have um, some of some of the resources and direction that we need to really bring to full fruition what we've created here at Titletown, mm-hmm. which you said at the beginning of the show is special, and it is. It's unique. It's a different. It's a different approach. Well, I guess um, I mean you know when you think about major publishers putting out. I mean they put out a lot more than three books in in one month. But I hope my listeners are, are have begun to realize that you are like um, the Energizer Bunny. Um, <laughs> you know, hold, do it holding down like uh, the nine one one job, which is a job in itself that many people you know struggle to. I mean that's incredibly stressful. Um, and and holding down that job in itself is a is a challenge for most people who who have that job, and on top of that, you're running a whole um, ever growing, ever more successful publishing company. It's really um, Tracy doesn't sleep, folks. <laughs> I do sleep, but but I am you know I am um, thank you, Carol, um, for those accolades. I am disciplined. I mean, I am. If I'm working afternoon shift, um, 911, which afternoon shift for my agency um, is 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., if I'm working afternoon shift, I'm up between 4.30 and 5 in the morning, and I'm writing, editing, um, probably while most of my friends are are still in bed. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm up and I'm working um, because um, I have to stay ahead of it, and um, New York time is always difficult for me because I'm on central time here, so I always feel like I'm an hour behind. Mm-hmm. That's why it was so wonderful to have you in California because I gained two hours, um, <laughs> which is a great thing. Um, but, you know, just keeping the time zone straight um, can be difficult at times. But I love what I do, and I believe that I was made for this, that 
I was meant to bring these stories forth and to do it in a competitive way. This is no mom-and-pop operation. This is a viable publishing company that um, has been on the New York Times bestseller list and, and will be there again. And I have amazing partners with uh, Eric Campman um, as my mentor and as the president of our distribution company. I have an amazing publicist with, with Michael Wright, and I have a great um, agent with Joel Gottler um, in California. So I'm surrounded by really good people. Well, that sounds fabulous. We need to take another break. The time is flying by. My guest is Tracy Ertle, the publisher of Titletown Books. We're talking about uh, her page-turning story, What She Does for Love. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about a publisher's page-turning story, What I Do for Love, and the publisher is Tracy Ertle. And her publishing company is Titletown Books. And as you can hear, there are, there is an amazing array of books that she already has published and is publishing. And um, you may see some of these books on the uh, silver screen at some time in the future. One thing I just wanted to briefly mention, you know, I, I met Tracy years ago. I guess would it have been 2008 at the um, at the Book Expo America when her company first. First came to their, I guess it was their first BEA. So tell people a little bit about what BEA is and why you go there and how this past BEA was and so on. Book Expo, uh, Book Expo America, um, affectionately called BEA by people in the publishing world, is the second largest book show in the world. Um, Anybody who's anybody in publishing tries to be there, um, but it's far beyond um, publishers. You've got publishers and, and authors and would-be authors, writers, agents, um, film scouts, um, stars, Hollywood stars. Um, everyone is there for BEA. Um, this year it was Thursday through Saturday in New York City, and Titletown, we've made it, um, you know, we've, we've made it, a commitment, a priority to have 
a boost um, every year at Book Expo America because we really need to show that we're open for business and that we might be a publishing boutique, but um, just because we're a smaller company does not mean that we're not competitive and that um, that we can't do things just as well or in some cases um, better um, than larger publishers. So we are there... We are there every year, and um, the first year that we were um, that we were present, I got to meet the editor in chief of uh, Psychology Today, and she ended up she was interested in some of our books, but um, she was also interested in my own history and how I had come into publishing, and so she gave birth to my blog on Psychology Today, um, which is called Writing the Alligator. And um, I do um, pretty okay, inconsistent blogging. Okay, wait, what does blogging. that mean? Writing the, Writing the alligator. When I, first started, when I first started dispatching, police dispatching and fire dispatching, I was scared on the radio. I didn't like to hear my own voice. And I was scared of the tremendous responsibility. I mean, it's life or death. I mean, I dispatch on shots fired, um, people run over by cars, and everything in between. And... Our shift commander for the Green Bay Police Department at the time, uh, Captain Hamas, he called me on my phone at my desk, and he whispered to me, he said, um, Tracy, you sound scared on the radio. You can't sound scared on the radio. He said, I want you to imagine you're, you're riding an alligator, and it, that made me laugh. And humor is good, as you know, it's very, very therapeutic, and that helped me relax. And I whispered back to him, I said, riding an alligator, sir? And he said, yep. He said, it's like riding an alligator. He said, honey, he said, sometimes that alligator is asleep, but when it wakes up, it will bite you, it will reach around, and it will bite you, and it will throw you around. But just remember, sooner or later, that alligator is going back to sleep again, and you'll be able to rest. So just pretend like you're riding an alligator. and. And it worked. Um, it made me laugh, and I, it made me always remember that even during the worst run of trauma over the air, um, that sooner or later it would come to a rest, that it would calm down, and that we would be ready to write again, so to speak. And so I call my I call my blog with psychology today writing the alligator because life is like writing an alligator and publishing is like writing an alligator and that's really what we try to convey in our oftentimes in our books the books that Title Town takes that you just have to hold on that um, you know light always comes after dawn um, the darkest is always before dawn and um, you just have to hang on and keep going. I love that. <laughs> yep, right in the alligator. Well, that's great. And you were—I kind of interrupted you because you were talking about how at the first BEA you met this, the editor of Psychology Today, and and she wanted to do that. And and what? So what are some of the other um, significant connections or significant things that happened at BEA? Well, BEA was really an opportunity that was brought to us through Midpoint Trade Books and Eric Campman. It's not easy to have a booth at BEA, but. Um, fortunately, if you're a publisher um, with Campman's group, um, they always have a huge showing at BEA. Um, they're considered, um, I believe, gold-level um, presenters, which which makes BEA, um, for a publisher like Title Town or another independent publisher, it makes it um, available or even a possibility because we have a booth within their booth. And... Really, the whole world of publishing, it's like, I call it the red carpet of publishing, because when you're in your booth, 
everybody who's involved in publishing pretty much comes by. Mm-hmm. And you have that chance. I mean, it's almost like being at a, being at a fair, but, but you're working with books and authors. You're out there trying to draw people off of that carpet to show them what it is that, that you have to offer um, to readers or, in my case, what I have to offer to agents or authors. Um, in Eric's uh, case, what he has to offer to amazing publishers out there um, that need a, a good home, a good place. So it's, um, it's an incredible, incredible experience. It's nonstop um, we have, if you are, if you're a listener right now and if you're a writer and you're unpublished, you have to go to BEA. You have to go to Book Expo America. Um, it'll be next year in New York again. Um, that's, that is where you go to pitch your ideas, to pitch your thoughts, to try to, to try to get a publisher. It's a great, great arena. It's also a wonderful place to share, to share ideas. Uh, back and forth. It's been powerful for us every year, and that's why we've sacrificed to make it a priority um, to come up with the resources to be there um, every year. Because for me, as a publisher, it's like Christmas morning. <laughs> you never know. It's like you never know what you're going to open up. There's always something wonderful that's that that's going to emerge. Um, well, yes, I, I have been going for years as well. Um, with various books that I've written and, and also with my mother's book, um, being at a booth of the publisher who published my mother's children's book, Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain, um, and with my daughter dressed up as in a, uh, in a full mascot Archibald costume and, and being at the booth, which, of course, attracted people to come to it. Oh, yeah. So, um, so yes, it, it, I like your description, like Christmas morning. It's true. You never know what you're going to open up relationships open up and and um, you, you have to you just have to be there you you absolutely have to have to be there I mean it's worth it even if you can't you can't have a booth if, even if you can't go for the whole experience just to buy a pass for uh, a pass for a day the, really the whole world of publishing um, is moving and shaken um, at BEA and um, and it's, it's it's inspiring it's very inspiring to see everybody there Yes, and it's so wonderful to see, to go back full circle, it's wonderful to see all these um, actual books that you can hold in your hand on the shelves of these booths. It is. (laughs) That's a good thing. I mean, I miss the physical books, too. I mean, obviously, e-books right now make up uh, approximately 65% of my sales as a publisher, but I believe that there will always be physical books. Um, always be a need for them and always be a want for them. I just don't know what the percentage is going to end up being, but they'll always be there and um, just to see them. And um, I can't imagine, I mean, when I was growing up, it was wonderful to just be able to see the books around you. And um, oftentimes kids today don't have that um, with the e-books. Yes, it's all in the little machine. Well, we need to, to, uh, it's the end of the show. I could talk to you for hours. Um, my guest again is Tracy Ertle. She's the publisher of Titletown Books. Check out her website, titletownpublishing.com. It's actually undergoing renovation, so in another 10 days or so, it's going to be even more exciting. You'll see some of the books that we've been talking about. But as Tracy said, um, at least the, the Carlos Slim is already on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. And, um, and, and just check back to her website and, and see, um, the new, new things that are coming from month to month. Again, that's Title Town, title as in T-I-T-L-E, Town Publishing. 
www.dr.carolscouch.com. So, Tracy, thanks so much for being on Dr. Carol's Couch, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.